0: the Lord. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks greeting you today in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to our online global church service where you can receive the Word of God, receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we also can share in Holy Communion together. Today, before we jump into the primary message, I would like for us to open our Bibles to the last chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, this would be Matthew chapter 28, and I want us to receive our tithes and offerings and, re- and bring them now into the storehouse of God, but I want to share something special with you in regards to this verse, which is verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven, and... On earth. Hallelujah. Not not just a little bit of authority, but all of the authority. And so he turns right around with the authority that has been invested in him, and he delegates that same authority to the church, as we see in verse nineteen. Go. Now this is a commandment known as the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So this is a global mandate. For us to reach the world. And it says, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As we receive the tithes and offerings, and as you send them and bring them into the storehouse of God, now at this time, I would like to share with you an amazing opportunity that stands before the ministry that I would really like for you to pray about and to partner with. It has been spoken to me personally by a very well-known man of God who I talked with actually today, excuse me, yesterday on the telephone, inviting me to be on the air on several large networks at no cost to the ministry. The only responsibility that we have is to produce a quality, high-definition show that can be broadcast on these various networks that this large ministry oversees. So, my friends, if we pull together a high-quality television program, we present it to this network, and they receive it, which I believe they will because we have favor, then we will go from an area of reaching hundreds to literally reaching hundreds of thousands, and actually the potential is much, much larger than that. Overnight, we can go from speaking to a nation here and a nation there. Overnight, by getting on these networks, we can literally speak to a global platform of over 100 nations every week on a regular basis. And my friends, as you can see, as you're watching me, we already have the studio. We have the lights. We have the platform in which we now can produce these programs. But in order to do so, we have to bring in trained personnel to operate cameras, to do post-production work, and to do all of the little extras that make it high-quality, Television broadcast ready. And so, my friends, in order to do that, we need some extra income to come into the ministry. But look, this really is a world class opportunity together where we can fulfill the great commission. We can do our part of literally discipling and teaching nations of the world. Hallelujah. So, I want to give you a personal heartfelt invite to come along with me and this ministry and partner with us. And as you honor the Lord with your tithe, if the Lord has blessed you in a way where you can do something special, now is the time to respond because the door is open now. The door is open now. I am being offered free air time to go on a, a network that reaches the world praise the Lord. And there is the great potential to go on multiple networks also through the same open door, but we must respond with a high quality program. And that takes professional workers to be able to come in here into this studio and do the production and then the post production work. Praise God. You know, I had a a time in my life, in my ministry, where I was traveling across the country by motorhome, preaching the gospel, my wife and daughter traveling with me as we labored together in the ministry. And one time, the motorhome broke down, and uh, it, it had a very expensive problem where the fuel pump went out. And you know, I, I put out a little information, letting people know, hey, we're in a place right now where we could use a little help. If you have some extra, now would be a great time because until we get this fixed, we're pretty much grounded and stuck right here. The motor home can't go anywhere. I mean, it won't drive. It is completely inoperable. So I had a minister friend of mine who said, Stephen, I can help you. And normally I would not have this extra money or be able to do this, but God has blessed me with a certain amount of money that I can give you, and it was a very large amount. It covered almost the entire bill, and that uh, dear saint of God gave that to me. We applied it to the bill. The motorhome was repaired, and on we went. You may be in a place right now where God has placed something extra into your hands. My friends, this is a door I believe that we must respond to a door to go through where we together as partners in ministry can preach the gospel, not just on the internet, not just on YouTube, not just on live stream, not just on these various internet platforms, but we can take it to television. Oh, hallelujah. And we can, we can begin to go out into what I would call the ocean of humanity. We can move beyond the great lakes And those are pretty big, but we can go out into the great oceans of the world and begin to speak to the multitudes. But I need your help. Now is the time in which I need your help. And if you are able and you're willing to do something special, my friends, I want you to sow a seed so that we can fulfill the great commission together. I believe that Jesus said that if you're faithful in the little, you will be put over much more. And I believe that if, as you have supported this ministry over the years, we have been streaming on the internet now for almost eight years, having recorded and broadcasted literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of programs that have blessed many people. Many of those programs are archived so that you can go back in a video library format and watch those programs that have been pre recorded for your own spiritual edification. But my friends, we now have for the ministry, an unprecedented opportunity. Whatever you can do, please respond by the Spirit. If you're in a place where you might not have that much flexibility financially, well, perhaps you can make a monthly pledge, and you say, Pastor Stephen, I don't have it, but I believe I can reach a little bit higher, and I can do my part, I can do something. Working together, we can respond to this open door. So I want to ask you to give generously today. This is a special opportunity That is, from the Lord's perspective, the greatest open door that has ever been placed before this ministry. But I need your help to go through it. So let's, look, let's go through it together. Because every life that is touched, you, when you go to heaven, you will see that although there are certain people and certain nations that are very good with record keeping... You will, say, you will see that the angels, though, are the best record keepers there are. And every act of kindness, of love, and of giving, and of charity, and of blessing that you have sown while on the earth will be accounted to your heavenly account. Praise the Lord. Life can be a very swift journey. Even if we live to be 100, 110, the years begin to roll by. My friends, let's make our life count while we are here. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. We now have, together, the opportunity to do this together. Those of you that are now ready to bring in the tithes and a special seed into the storehouse of God, so that the work of the Lord may now reach a global platform, please send your gifts, to if you're mailing them in, to Stephen Brooks International PO Box 3456 Mooresville, North Carolina Our zip code is 28117. If you would like to bring in your giving, your tithes and offerings online, safe and secure, you can do so. www. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings Sow and Reap. You can go there day or night and bring your tithe and your holy offering into the storehouse of the Lord. Now, on behalf of myself and my wife and our entire ministry team, we want to say thank you for standing with us in this hour of the open door. Praise God. And I'm, I'm asking God to bless you financially in a very, very special way, where even as the Scripture says out of Psalm 112, how you always have that extra for abundance, for every good work. All of your bills paid, all of your debts being reduced, you're having extra you could put in the savings, but you have abundance also for every good work. And some of you are also in a place where you are not yet experiencing the manifestation of Psalm 112 or 2 Corinthians chapter 9, but as you're sowing your way out of lack, a harvest of prosperity... And of blessing is coming your way and that's how you do it you continue to work the word work the word and then you begin to see the wonderful results as God's blessing begins to cover every facet of your life so thank you for your giving every dollar counts thank you for your prayers I do ask that you also pray for us that we might have the wisdom of God to pull together a tremendous team to record these programs ...and to make them television quality. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your prayers and for your giving. Now, Heavenly Father, bless your people. Bless your people as they sow into the Great Commission. Let this be our finest hour of moving forward into the global harvest... ...as we share in the harvest together. We thank you, Father God. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Bless your people, O God... In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise God forever. Now, today, I'm going to be teaching from the gospel of John chapter 2. And I want to talk about a very unusual cattle drive. This did not happen in the state of Texas, nor did it happen in the state of Kansas. But nevertheless, a large amount of livestock were moved a very short distance very, very quickly By the Master Himself. And we want to talk about what is commonly known in the scriptures as the cleansing of the temple. And this is recorded in a very special way in John chapter 2. Let's turn over there and let's open up in prayer today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning and that with each new day we have expectancy and faith. And hope for miracles. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, for a release of miracles and supernatural activity in our lives today. We give you all the glory. We thank you for this, the anointing of breakthrough taking place in the lives of your people. We thank you for visitations by angels of breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And I proclaim over your life nothing will hold you back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all shout and say, Amen. Today we are in John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 13. I want you to understand that the story of the cleansing of the temple in which Jesus drove out the money changers, drove out uh, all of the livestock, is actually recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But John's is different in several ways, and we want to talk about that today, and there is a principle that we can apply from this story to our lives. We pick it up in verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So this is the Passover time. That means that Jerusalem would be very crowded when all of the pilgrims would come up for the feast. When all of the adult males that were required to come to the three primary feasts, when all of these men, often traveling with their wives and children, would come up to Jerusalem for the feast, the city of Jerusalem would swell in population, and the numbers would go up by increase of over 300,000. Josephus, the Jewish historian, said that the numbers would swell by sometimes over 400,000 people that are there for The feast for the Passover. So, this is a very, very busy, bustling time for the city, and Jesus is going up to Jerusalem. Verse 14. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple. So, let's stop there just for a moment. The other gospel writers do not talk about Jesus making a whip. Also, some of the statements that Jesus makes here, such as uh, the statement he made about destroy this temple, I'll raise it up three days later. He did not make that statement in the other gospels. Also, John is very interesting This is chapter 2, the very beginning of the Lord's ministry, right after the first miracle of turning water into wine, and here is the cleansing of the temple. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record the cleansing of the temple just before the Lord's crucifixion. Matter of fact, when you read it in the other Gospels and you follow along the story, you'll find out within just a few days after he cleansed the temple, he was crucified. So, what is taking place here? Do we have a problem with chronology? Is there a scriptural error? My friends, whenever you read something in the Bible, sometimes when it sounds very similar, but you see things that look like they're different, but it it seems sometimes like the same story, I want you to understand that it's very possible in many stories that certain things took place more than once. In other words, more than one blind person was was healed. And then you read another story about two blind people being healed. But yet it's, it's in the same city. It sounds similar. Well, it is similar, but they're actually different events. What took place here in the Gospel of John is actually what many theologians believe is the first cleansing of the temple. And there was another cleansing Almost three years later, towards the end of his ministry, in which he went back into the temple again, and there was another cleansing. This one is unique in the sense that he makes a whip of cords. Wow, very, very amazing what took place. So understand that there can be more than one cleansing in your life. We understand that there is a physical temple. Here we are referring to the temple that Jesus went to, the literal physical building that was actually built by Herod, and it was a very beautiful structure. But more importantly, we see hints and insights from a New Testament perspective about cleansing our temple, the inner man. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. It says that he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep. Okay, so the oxen and the sheep, we have cattle. That's why this is going to turn into a cattle drive, who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. Well, there were money changers needed there because most of the coinage in that region of the world was either Greek coins or Roman coins. And those coins were not allowed at the temple because according to Jewish law, You are not to worship anything with a graven image. And so all of the pagan money had the image of an emperor or Caesar, a world ruler of that region of the world. And, of course, those men were actually worshipped in culture and society. So if you brought that money to the temple, you had to exchange it and get the Jewish money that was only accepted at the temple. So you actually needed a money changer. And quite a few of them because of all of the hundreds of thousands of people that are coming in. We also see that there were transactions taking place. The selling of oxen and sheep and as well doves. The thing with doves is that in the book of Leviticus, it says that if you were a poor person and you could not afford an ox, you could not afford a sheep and you are poor, well, then what you could do is that you could bring a dove. And so sometimes people would bring their dove all the way from their distant homeland all the way to Jerusalem for the feast. Well, the religious rulers who profited greatly by all of these transactions, what they decided to do is make it a money trap. In other words, when the people come in, even if they have a dove, even if they carried their dove, the religious leaders said, you must have a certified dove that meets our qualifications and our standards. And what they would do, (coughs) excuse me, is they would say, your dove is not suitable. There's something wrong with your dove, so you need to buy one of our doves. And of course, the price would be extremely inflated when you bought one of theirs. And they were making a huge profit. This was this was absolute price gouging. And to, to make it worse, they were actually not just price gouging everybody, but they were really doing harm to the poorest of the poor by not even accepting their doves. There was also a lot of selling of oxen and sheep, ones that they would say that these are the certified ones that can be accepted officially at the temple. Yours are no good. You've got to use one of ours. So from some perspectives, it would be nice not to have to bring an ox for 200 miles or carry a dove for for 70 miles and just show up at the temple and buy one of theirs. If it was meant as a nice Service, it would be good. But this whole thing is not like your local farmer's market where you just go and buy some strawberries. You like the strawberries. The farmer makes a nice little profit. Everything's fair. Everything's good. Everything's happy. No, this whole thing is a money trap where the religious leaders, particularly the high priest, and his family, they are profiting. They are making a killing on all of the money that they were making during these high feast days. And it allowed them to live lavish lifestyles while they just took so much of it from God's own people, particularly even the poor people. So there was no conscience in what they were doing. They were not offering a service. They were offering a trap in which you were forced to work your way through all of these hurdles that just desecrated the house of God, and really it made God look bad. By the time the people would leave the temple and go back home, they're just like, oh, every time we go there, we get taken advantage of. Every time we go there, we get ripped off. All we really want to do is go pray, but we can't even pray because we are so taken advantage of. And so verse 15, when he made a whip of cords. Most likely the cords were either made of leather strips that he bound together or possibly from some plant material like a bulrush where he would strap all of those together. But nevertheless, he made a whip. He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned The tables. Well, you have to be careful that you don't read something into the scriptures that it does not say. Jesus never whipped one person. I know that he went in there with the whip. But when you study the symbolism here, the whip is more of a symbol. And the whip is also something that farmers in that day would use to get the animals moving. But Jesus didn't go around whipping the people, putting scars and bruises on the people. Praise God. I think some people have taken this verse too far, and they've become too aggressive. But the Lord did not hit the people. But he used it to drive out these animals, and I believe the animals went out very, very quickly. You have to understand, this is a very, very populated area. You have all of these vendors selling their 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 uh, goods, their livestock, uh, money exchanging. There's a lot of money going on here, so for one man, to come in here and disrupt all of this. There's something very unique going on. The Holy Spirit was on him. The anointing of the Lord was on him, and those men knew what they were doing was wrong. They knew, let's just get out of here. We'll, we'll work all of this out later. Let's just wait till this guy leaves. But you know what? The people know that the people are on to us, and let's just shut it down. So the animals just went running, and there, there would be exit doors that the animals could get out from. But the Lord turned the whole thing over. <clears throat> he turned over all the money tables. You could just see coins flying everywhere. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. <clears throat> so this happened at the beginning of his ministry. This took place at the beginning of his ministry where he went in there with great authority, great power. John's gospel is also the only gospel where the religious leaders ask him for a sign to give verification for what it is that he's doing. You don't see that in the other gospel writers. This is a unique event of the cleansing of the temple, and there was another cleansing later on, a little over three years later. Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. I think, my friends, that it's very important that the thing that makes the Lord zealous, the thing that consumes his passion, also be the same passion within our hearts. I think that the zeal the zeal that God would have, the heartbeat that God would have, the things that God would be into sometimes can be things that are polar opposites to our natural instincts, our natural desires, our carnal way of thinking. But we must take hold of the heart of the Lord, and we must move into his zeal, and we must see that his passion becomes our passion as well. You'll see later in the other gospel writers as they talk about the second cleansing of the temple that Jesus said, you have made it a den of thieves. What is supposed to be my father's house of prayer, you have made a den of thieves. My friends, is prayer your passion? I want to ask you that today. It is so easy to let all kinds of other things come into our temple, all types of cows and sheep and goats and doves and all of this fluttering of activity and we have everything going on except for prayer praise the lord sometimes you have to uh, kick over the sacred cows you got to throw some things out and you have to reestablish the zeal of the lord in your very own temple can you say amen <clears throat> praise god zeal for your house has eaten me up hallelujah does god's zeal does it move you does it make you fervent see we can talk about the things of god we can talk about prayer we can talk about right living and all of these things but my friends if we don't step into it we will not become practitioners but just professional Talkers, We don't want to be just explainers, but we want to be demonstrators. Praise God. My prayer today is that the zeal of the Lord begin to come into your heart and consume you. And usually in order for that to happen, some things have to be driven out of the temple of our lives. It could be time today for you to have a cattle drive. Hallelujah. I've read about the cattle drives in American history. Oftentimes they would start in South Texas and thousands of cattle would be driven up to states in the north and sold for beef. Other times cattle would be uh, transported down, but you'd have thousands of cows move back and forth. Here, the Lord drives all of the livestock out of the temple. Hallelujah. I believe sometimes we need cleansings of Our temple. Let's talk further about that today. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. You will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Please put your hand on your body and say this. Say Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. Your body is a temple. The temple of what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. You also live in your body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Praise God. Glory to God. Any kind of hurdle, any kind of man-made barrier, any kind of religious barrier that would begin to shut down The prayer activity in your temple, if those things begin to clog up true worship, it's time for cattle drive. It's time to drive all of these crazy distractions out of your temple that true worship might be established, that consistent prayer might be established. I think the cattle are beginning to get a little bit nervous right now because you're showing up with a whip and you mean business. I think when we read through the Gospels and we look at the ministry of Jesus and we see the zeal and the fervency of our Lord, I believe we are faced with a principle that looks at us which says that anything that we tolerate in our life will never leave. If we're willing to tolerate things that are not God's best, that are not pleasing to the Lord, that are far below the standard that God has called us to live, if we tolerate such things, then they will never leave our lives. That's why we need periodic cleansings of the temple to drive out all distractions. Glory to God, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be, anything that would disrupt your devotional life with the Lord, you need to begin to look at it and identify it and begin to form a whip. Woo. Praise God so that you can deal with it. Praise the Lord. I really do believe, again, that what makes the Lord zealous should also make us zealous. I understand that we live in the world That has a way of trying to knock the spiritual life out of us. The world pulls at us. The world calls to us. And we have to walk through this world. We are in this world, but yet we're not of this world. And so there is a constant effort to renew our minds to think heavenly word to be spiritual and not to take the plunge and just get caught up in this world where the next thing you know you begin to lose your close walk with the Lord I would like to share five things with you today that will help you to cleanse your temple and have an effective cattle drive hallelujah where you get the cattle out Get all the sheep out, get all these doves, get all of this activity, all of this noise, all of this uh, useless busyness out of your life so that you can get back to business of what it's all about, walking with the Lord, having a vibrant prayer life, living for God every day, making good choices, staying in the Word, enjoying the blessings of God, and and walking with God and being a Christian example of salt and light in the earth. I want to give you today five things that will help you to cleanse your temple and have an effective cattle drive. Hallelujah. If you have found that there's all kinds of hurdles, all kinds of barriers and obstacles holding you back from effective prayer life, then this is what you can begin to do to cleanse your temple number one I would encourage you if you have a hard time moving into what we would perhaps call traditional prayer which is prayer perhaps where you sit down or maybe you kneel down and you become still if you are in a place where there's so much cattle and so much money exchanging so much busyness so much uh, even sometimes silliness going on in your life, that it's hardly become still, then begin praying by standing up, walking around. Jesus drove the cattle out standing up. It's okay to stand up and cleanse your temple. Sometimes I pray sitting down. Sometimes I pray kneeling down. Sometimes I even pray laying down, although that's not very often. But there are also times where in order just to begin to move over into the Spirit, to begin to stir up the anointing, I will actually stand up and just pray and walk around. Hallelujah. Begin to pray in English. If, if it's difficult for your flesh even to pray in English, begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to pray in tongues and stir yourself up, and the next thing you know, the cattle begin to exit. The next thing you know, all the noise begins to calm down. So if you have to, pray walking around. Drive the cattle out standing up if you need to, praise God. But the main thing is get the cattle drive started. Hallelujah. Saying, I'm getting my prayer time back. Praise the Lord forever. Glory to God. You're not going to tolerate all kinds of silliness, all kinds of vain, worthless activity that sinks you down into the quagmire of of the mud and of the carnality of this world system but you're going to go through this world spiritual You're going to go through this world effective at your job. You're going to go through this world loving people, hallelujah, and being a blessing and walking in the anointing everywhere you go. In order to cleanse your temple, number one, begin to pray walking around. Drive the cattle out standing up if you have to, and that anointing for further prayer will begin to come upon you. Number two, overturn everything that has overturned your prayer Life, Praise God. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers money and overturned the tables. He overturned the tables. I want to encourage you today to overturn anything and everything that has overturned your devotional life with the Lord. Praise God. We want to correct things now. If you have drifted from the Lord, don't wait another day. Come back now. We don't want three months to turn into three years. We don't want two weeks to turn into, you know, 20 months. You want to walk with the Lord in an ongoing daily basis in order to hear clearly from God, to have victory in life, and be the Christian witness that God wants you to. To be. So be willing to overturn everything that has overturned your prayer life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number three, in order to have an effective cattle drive and cleanse your temple, number three, use your whip. Praise God. I believe that your whip is your will, your inner decision to do something about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. See, it's, it's your will that says, I'm going to respond to that. Wow. I, how could I hold back from an invitation like that? You can have just as much of God as you want. You can go as deep with the Lord as you want. Woo. Praise God forever. I like what it says about the fruit of the Spirit. Paul said, there is no law. Against such things. You can walk in just as much love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control as you want. There's no law saying don't do it, or there's a limit. You can have just as much of God as you want. So use your whip. Use your will, your inner determination, and say today I rise up and I reestablish Temple worship. I reestablish prayer in this temple, prayer in my life. Praise God. Woo, the cattle are leaving right now. The distractions and the hindrances are leaving your life now. I see cattle going in all directions. I see money changers leaving. Praise God. Glory to the Lord. I know that you have to work, I know that you have to be a good spouse. I know that you have to raise your children. I know that you have assignments and things that you have to do every day and that you have you have a busy life. But my friends, don't get so busy that your temple becomes occupied and filled up with all kinds of things that God never commissioned. And the next thing you know, your spiritual life is being strangled and worse than that, it's being replaced ...with things that are barriers, hurdles to you hearing from God, walking with God, and flowing in the power of God. Use your whip, use your will, and out of your mouth, say, today, I reestablish priority of putting God first in this temple. Hallelujah. God is first in this temple. Hallelujah. I will live for the Lord I will serve the Lord. I will follow the Lord with all of my heart. Make that commitment. What part of you is it that chooses to do that? It's your will. It's very, very powerful. Your will is so powerful that God allows you to have free choice. So make the choice. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Praise God. That's a commandment. It's a choice. But we are commanded to choose life and to choose serving the Lord and following His holy commandments. Praise God. Number four, for cleansing your temple and having an effective cattle drive where all the cattle, all the livestock, and all the money changers are driven out and prayer is reestablished. Number four, humble yourself. Praise the Lord. Humble yourself if you have drifted from your strong fortress in the Lord, if you have drifted from your place of daily communion, if you have drifted of fellowship with God, if you have drifted from taking uh, the communion of the bread and of the wine, if you have fallen out of daily fellowship with the Lord, identify that. And say, you know, Pastor Stephen, you're right. I I, I don't really read my Bible anymore. I don't pray very much. And when I do, I don't pray very long. And when I pray, I don't pray with much passion. I'm certainly not very zealous about it. And I just, I seem to have lost my zeal, okay? So identify that and say, today I humble myself. I recognize I'm not where I should be at. You know, there are some people that think they're very deep when the truth is, They're not very deep at all. They maybe know certain things. Maybe they even can talk religious cliche because they've been in the church for a number of years and they can talk like everything's okay. But in their heart, they don't have that freshness. They don't have that vibrancy. They don't have that zeal. And that that anointing is not where it should be. Praise God. We must humble ourselves. If we do, God will lift us up and he will put that fresh zeal that fresh anointing right back upon us glory to God humble yourself because pride is a tremendous barrier to drawing near to the Lord God resists the proud he stiff arms the proud but if you'll humble yourself and say Lord I love you I really do want to get closer to you I've got a lot of activity going on in my, in my temple I got all kinds of distractions Lord I got all kinds of things pulling at me I've got cows mooing I've got money changers squabbling and squawking I've got, I've got birds flapping Lord I, I'm having a hard time getting recalibrated here Lord help me if you will humble yourself the Lord will lift you up and place a freshness and a new zeal a fire back into your spirit that is normal living normal living, come hell or high water, come blessing or difficulty or challenge, you walk with the Lord every day receiving your daily bread. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every day you're going to have to have your daily bread. Praise God. That's the rhema word. Praise the Lord. Number five. In order to cleanse your temple and have an effective cattle drive and get all of these hurdles and distractions and and things out of your temple that would hold back your temple from being a house of prayer, don't be afraid to incorporate some fasting into your life because fasting is, in many ways, when you combine it with prayer, fasting is a shortcut. I'll just be honest. It is amazing how if you just do a little fasting. I'm not saying you have to fast for 10 days. 20 days or 40 days. Sometimes if you just back off the food just for a couple of days and then begin to pick back up your normal eating after a few days, you're just like, wow, I, I begin to see things with the newness and you'll realize that the glory of the Lord is all around you when you're walking in that newness and that freshness. So don't be afraid to incorporate some fasting, by the way, the more noise, The more activity that's not of God that's going on in your temple, you might have to just do a little more extra prayer and fasting where you push a little bit further until the temple is cleansed. And that's something really that the Holy Spirit... We'll help you with, and it's something that going into, you just may want to dedicate to the Lord, and you may may want to say, Lord, for the next three days, I'm just going to drink some juice, I have a busy schedule, I've got to work, so I need some energy, but I'm not going to eat solid food like hamburgers or steaks or chicken, I'm just going to drink some juice. Or some broth, and I'm going to do some extra prayer in order to get the temple back to the place of a settled prayer life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when you begin to feel the zeal come back, then you can resume your eating. Oh, hallelujah. But, my friends, that fire, that zeal, the things that move the Lord should be the things that move you, that get you motivated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The cattle are leaving the temple. Praise the Lord. The Lord said, get these things out of here. Get all of this stuff out of here. It is blocking the people from seeing my father properly. Wow, praise the Lord. It is hindering the people from praying. They come here to worship and pray, but they can't get through because of all of these distractions that have been placed here. The cattle drive is taking place. Glory to God. The zeal of the Lord coming back into your life. Hallelujah. The fire to pray. The fire to pray. Glory to God. See, when you get in the flow, it feels so strong, so rich, so wonderful. The catch is, don't come out of that. Because if you come out of that, you lose that momentum. And then you have to work to get back into it. You have to work to get back into it. So stay in that flow and then just go higher. And then just go higher. And then just go higher. Praise the Lord. I want to to give you one more thing that will help you. Sometimes it's good to read about others who are very, very strong in these areas. You want to have books in your personal library that will inspire you to pray. I mean, by these books about the great men and women of God whose prayer lives were in many ways what we would say phenomenal. When you read things like that, it inspires you, and it also gives you divine exposure to the lives of those who walked into that glory realm, who walked into that place of very, very close and intimate walk with God. And that's how I begin to come into supernatural experiences. How, Pastor Stephen? Really through exposure. I would read the lives about certain people who had walks that I wanted to come into a deep walk with the Lord. I would read about it, then I would endeavor to emulate that. And then through those practices and through that emulation, those experiences also began to unfold in my life. So, my my friends, do those things that will inspire you and invest into your spiritual life. Get Good books. Praise God. Get good books. Normal people measure their wealth by the size of their television. If they have a large television that's 65 or 70 inches, they think they're wealthy. But people who have lots and lots of money, they don't measure their wealth by the size of their TV. They measure their wealth by the size of their personal libraries. And if you go to their home, they won't show you their TV. That's no big deal. What they'll do is they'll show you their personal library, and they'll say, these are the books that impacted my life. Whoo, praise the Lord. Get books that will light you on fire to be a person of prayer and to walk with the Lord and to walk in the power of God. Look, we're in this together. I'm praying for you, for online church members ministry partners and friends that as you hear this message the zeal of God will begin to touch you again and stir you again and say come on let's keep this temple clean let's be in prayer and let's go deep into the glory let's experience all that God has for us praise the Lord glory to God as we close today's subject material remember what John is writing about was the first cleansing of the temple. What the other gospel writers wrote about was another cleansing of the temple that took place in the latter days of his earthly ministry. So I just sensed by the Holy Spirit that there are many who need a cleansing of Of their temple. Jesus said that, it says in verse 21, he was speaking of the temple of his body. The temple of his body. Glory to the Lord. So we're not really focused on cleansing a house, a church building, or something like that. We are now looking inward. We're saying, God, come in your power, reestablish prayer lives, reestablish devotional time and let us begin to soar in you and be on fire with your zeal that our bodies our temples be a place of prayer hallelujah glory to the lord don't don't let it become a den of thieves where everything else comes in and steals your walk with the lord steals your anointing steals your purity steals your focus Steals away from you your attention to the Lord. Steals away from you your love and your sensitivity to others. Steals away from you your courage to pray for others in public. Hallelujah. And to be a public witness for Jesus when the Holy Spirit gives those opportunities. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy steal anything from you. Praise God. But let your temple be a place of prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Now, a peace of God is coming on you right now. A peace of God. The peace of God is coming upon you right now for temple cleansing. Father, I pray for your people that as they consider these various steps, these various suggestions for a cattle drive, for a cleansing of the temple, I pray, O God, that the things that have been spoken resonate in the hearts of your people and stick by your Holy Spirit to aid in the cleansing of their temple, their body. We thank you, Father God. I pray for the restructuring of prayer life, that as we are coming into a great move of your Spirit, that as we are now in a time of stepping into the greater glory, I pray, Father God, that everybody that hears this message be consumed with the zeal of the Lord, that their temple be A place of prayer, fervent prayer. Father, we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Light their fire. Light their fire again, O God, in the name of Jesus, to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is flowing right now. Some of you feel heat. You feel fire. Oh, God, do a cleansing now in your people's hearts. Even in their physical bodies, oh, God, do a cleansing. Glory to God. Let your anointing flow now. I speak freedom and liberty from every hurdle. From every cow in the temple, from every money in the changer of of the temple, come out in the name of Jesus. Loose your people, O God, to see again spiritually, to hear again spiritually, to walk with you in the cool of the day like Adam did when he had sweet communion and fellowship with you. O God, let the temple be cleansed. Hallelujah. Let your fire burn perpetually in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. The fire is burning. Hallelujah. Keep it lit. Keep the fires of prayer lit. Glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Some of you are beginning to smell an incense burning. That's, that's because you're in the holy place. The fire of the Lord. The incense coming up. The cleansing of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is cleansing his temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Father, we thank you. And we thank you for your grace for the fires to perpetually burn in the name of Jesus. You'll come across those whose fire went out a long time ago. Help them to relight it. Lay your hands on them. Pray for them. Help them to stir up that fire and the zeal of the Lord to be a person of prayer. Praise God. That's what kills revival. It's when the praying stops. That's when the revival is over. There may may be some momentum, just like a train going down the tracks at full speed. If the engine is shut off, it's still going to roll for a while. But the moment the engine is shut off, the moment the prayer stops, it's just a matter of time before all of this plays out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But your fire will burn. Hallelujah. And you will see the glory of the Lord in your life in your family. Hallelujah. And all that God has assigned to your life, you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you today. We thank you. Let's take communion together. I want to read a scripture to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 and as i read this i want to invite you to get some unleavened bread and to get some grape juice so that we can take communion today together verse 16 the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of christ <clears throat> the communion the koinonia that word means fellowship in the greek the greek word cornea it means fellowship whenever we take communion together whenever we drink the blood of christ together the cup of blessing the blood of christ there is a there is a global sharing of the body of christ as we drink together we are we are joined together the word communion here the word cornea in the greek actually re- refers to many times what would be a small group setting where you just come together as believers, you relax, you have fellowship, you eat together, you talk together, you pray for one another. There is a deep fellowship that comes out of that. Every time we take communion together and we drink the blood of Christ together, we are experiencing a corporate koinonia, a fellowship, a communion, where we share with each other through the divine mystery of communion We share our lives together, and we strengthen each other in the Lord by the Holy Spirit. The bread which we break, and and when it's talking about the bread, it's really just one loaf, just like there's only one body. So out of that one loaf, we pull from that, we receive from that. It says, the bread which we break, is it not the communion, the koinia, the fellowship? Of the body of Christ. Wow, praise God. So, as we break the bread together today, we will be sharing together as a body, as one loaf. We are sharing together. We are one body, praise God. We are sharing fellowship together over the internet, online, praise the Lord. Now, Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it now. This is now the the body and the blood of Jesus. And, Father, as we receive it together, we thank you for fellowship. Even though we may be spread apart hundreds of miles, maybe even thousands of miles, we thank you for fellowship because, nevertheless, we are still just one body. We are one body. We are one loaf. So, Father, we thank you. That we are one body of believers, and at the same time, we are the body of Christ. He is the head, and we are the body. So, Father, we thank you that as we eat this, we receive his body, we receive his strength, we receive his promises, and by your grace, we receive his zeal that our lives be a place of prayer our bodies, our temple, be a house of prayer. Hallelujah. Everywhere we go, not just our house, not just the church, but our our lives, wherever this body goes, a temple of prayer. If we go on vacation, we don't lay down our prayer life because this body is a temple of prayer. Wherever this body goes, we make sure that we have devotional life and prayer life and regular communion. So, Father, we thank you. We now receive the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. All over the world, together, we are sharing communion, koinia, fellowship in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We give you praise. This is the cup of blessing. This is the communion of the blood of Christ. The communion, the koinia, the fellowship of the blood of Christ. Father, as we drink this blood, we drink it together all around the world. A church family, ministry friends, other Christian believers joining in. We drink this together in fellowship. Proclaiming his death until he comes. Proclaiming that on that cross, upon his own body, he took all of our sin, all of our sickness, and all of our disease. Father, we proclaim his death until he comes, and we drink his blood now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah hallelujah. It's your temple. It's your body. It's your life. We each have the responsibility to keep it clutter free, to keep the money changers out, to keep the doves and the pigeons and all the goats and all the cattle out. We have that responsibility. There were multiple cleansings. Hallelujah. May the Holy spirit work with you, your will, your whip, as you keep your temp, your temple clean, so that everywhere your body goes, you establish prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. That your temple be a place of prayer. Now, Father, we thank you for this new zeal, the zeal of the Lord, which had eaten up the Lord. We thank you for that zeal being in our lives as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, for many that have never felt this fire, this zeal, that it touched them now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. My friends, as we close today, I want to say thank you one more time for your giving and support of the special offering that we need to begin to move into television ministry. I thank you right now on behalf of me and my wife and this ministry team. I want to say thank you for your donations into this ministry, your special offerings so that we can move into television broadcasting. Thank you for all of your gifts. We will be praying over them, and thank you for your prayers as well. Till next time, keep the cattle out and stay on fire for the Lord. God bless you. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.